Welcome to episode 119 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer Johnny Pham, who, if I'm not mistaken, is currently in working on buying a Jefferson's, bring it to Colorado. Can, can you confirm this report, Johnny? Uh, the report is in the works. I was, I was a little nervous and confused where, uh, where the start was going. I was like, are you going to say it? I don't know what you're saying or where this is going to go, but yeah. Um, you got something to hide? No, no. That's why I was confused. I was like, what do you know that I don't know? But yeah, we, uh, contacted Jefferson's, uh, was in Lawrence this past weekend. Just missed it so much. I was like, let's bring one to Colorado. So it's in the works. We're trying, um. Stay tuned. If anybody would like to Venmo Johnny one lump sum of $20,000 or uh, mm-hmm. about 200 smaller payments of whatever that math works out to be, that would be uh, much appreciated on his end, I'm sure. Yep, we, we will be looking for financing or uh, business partners. So if uh, you guys want some inquiries, please feel free to send me a message. <laughs> Dalton, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for this noon slate. We get to watch the game of the century in the Denver Broncos against the Chicago Bears. I was going to say, there is actually actually a great noon game, which I thought that's where you were going. But I don't understand why that's not a great noon game. It's a movable force meets a stoppable object, and I've never (laughs) been more excited for it. Man, if that game was in Denver, I I would go. I mean, tickets are probably $12, and I would attend. Did you? I, I saw TikTok now. You never know how believable TikToks are, but it was somebody who was screen recording going and looking for Bears tickets for the game this weekend because his dad has season tickets. And so, but his dad is going with a friend. So he and his sister were trying to go to the game just on, G, on general tickets. It's like 220 bucks was the cheapest ticket. Who is paying $220 to watch that game this weekend? And these are like nosebleeds. Let's uh let's find out and like oh it dropped they're like ninety dollars now for okay. the cheapest resale is ninety dollars. That that's at least a little bit better. Did you did you guys see what Russell Wilson said about about Marvin Mims? No, oh, what did God, he say? No. That he that he has no ceiling. I just thought it was funny. Mister Mister Unlimited is talking about no ceiling, especially like you get oh. beat seven to twenty. You know what, man. Let's let's look at that rookie receiver. Let's talk about get get the fans something they can latch on to, I guess. And that's all they have to look forward to at this point. <laughs> uh, but we have a lot to look forward to today, Dalton, on this podcast. We're going to start off with a little drop-o-meter for those who are return listeners from seasons past. You probably remember. If not, um, basically what it is is I'll give a player. Dalton, I give a number between 1 and 10 on how droppable they are. And... Bear in mind, this is like a 12-team kind of standard league uh, type of deal when we're thinking about these players. Uh, We've also got – and also, by low – or sorry, drop-o-meter one is the least droppable. Ten is the most droppable. Important clarification there. We've also got a little buy low, sell high. Um, As we've talked about a a lot, Dalton, over the past couple years, you know, the draft can set you up. But where you're really going to win your leagues is making those value trades. And we're only a couple weeks in, but I think there are uh, some value moves both ways to be had out there. And where we can start, let's look at that Bears game. Let's look at that Bears quarterback. Let's talk about Justin Fields. I know we talked about him last week, 
this week in the vein of is he droppable or not? Dalton, where is Justin Fields on the drop meter for you? I'm at a six. I, I'm not dropping him, uh, mostly because you spent a high pick on him. You probably didn't go back-to-back with a good backup quarterback, so you need that production. And I, it, it can't get worse, can it? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you would think when you're down 41-0 to that you can stack up passing yards. And he – I don't even know how many attempts he 99. had. Anyway. He finished with 99. Well, 99 yards. yards, and I don't even know how many attempts it, but it was like – a comically low uh, amount of temps, which all the games are pretty much for him. But when you're down 41 to zero, you usually you can uh, blick Bortles your way into 200 passing yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is he's on pace for a career high in pass attempts I this year, which is even <laughs> and, worse. And through the first couple, through the first two weeks, you know, on pace through two weeks really doesn't mean anything. But he was on pace for the most passing yards. Uh, in a season of his career through two weeks too. That that may still be the case after 99 yards and in uh in week three. I don't know. I'm at a four. I, I'm with you for pretty much every reason you just said. And really, like you watch that game, which you know, as Chiefs fans, we're probably Chiefs fans and Taylor Swift fans are probably two of the only groups of people who watched that entire game last weekend. What really was like what was his fault? in that game he threw a bad interception where he kind of got baited by justin reed but outside that it's just like yeah he's not elevating them out of this which is obviously a problem but it wasn't like a zach wilson oh this is just a comically bad quarterback back there it's like just the situation is comically bad and he is suffering from it because he's not able to elevate them out of it but that's kind of where i'm at with this Dalton. i don't know if you feel similarly at this point yeah, I feel the same, it, but you're really hoping for a coaching change in Chicago, and the ownership has never fired a coach coaching staff midseason. I don't know if you've seen that fact, which is worrisome. Well, I know it was like Matt Nagy's getting fired this week for like yeah. eight weeks the, his last year there. Yeah, so that's a worry that they're going to run this for an entire year. Also, uh, I mean, at some point, they're looking at tank for Caleb Williams, and they're getting yeah. closer to that, and then – Everything I'm seeing and reading is that his wide receivers aren't getting separation downfield and they're running kitty like Mickey Mouse routes, so no one's really worried about what they're gonna run against them. Well, Chase Claypool is like running into DJ Moore frequently, like literally physically running into him. Also doing the Chase Claypool thing where he gets a deep ball thrown to him, a jump ball, instead of actually jumping and extending, he jumps and then gets himself as horizontal to the ground as he possibly can and tries to catch it, you know, with his hands. It, it just seems face. the most like uncoordinated thing that you would think from a professional athlete. Where like you sent the message, you're like Chase Claypool did the deep ball thing again, and I was like, "How yep. is this possible?" And I saw the replay of it. I was like, "That looks terrible." It's so frustrating. Yeah, and it's fun. I heard multiple people actually podcast mention that exact play with him. So yeah, I don't even know why why he's out there. I I think real quick before we move on from Fields though. I, I think anybody is going to tell you, don't cut him, but you want to bench him. But I'm looking at Fantasy Pro's consensus ranks for this week. I mean, they have him at QB 11. Let's play a little name game. Look at the guys right behind him and see if there's anybody behind him that we'd want to start. I think the first couple, I definitely do. But then, you know, depending on your roster, you may actually just be stuck with Fields as your best option. Uh, Daniel Jones versus the Seahawks or Justin Fields this week. 
Oh, Daniel Jones by a mile. Same. Uh, Brock Purdy versus the Cardinals or Daniel Jones this week. Brock or, Purdy. Da- or, Ju- or Justin Fields, sorry. Yeah, Brock Purdy for me too. Geno Smith versus the Giants. Geno Smith. This is the cutoff for me. Russell Wilson versus the Bears or Gino, or uh, or Justin Fields. Best game of the week. Nah, nah, Justin Fields. You come on. You gotta take Fields over Russ. Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson's outscored him every week. I'm like ninety five percent sure. Him and Mahomes have the same exact stats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. Okay, well, uh, to, to keep the game going for one more name, then, or to get to a name where we can all agree that we're not taking. Uh, Deshaun Watson versus the Ravens or Justin Fields this week? Uh, I'd probably start CJ Stroud. (laughs) The next name is Jordan Love. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I might even start Jordan Love at this point over Justin Fields. So you can probably, what we're saying is you can probably go find a guy that consensus ranks will have ranked lower that we'd feel more comfortable. I'd have Fields maybe a spot or two higher than you, but I think the the point is pretty pretty clear out of that. Uh, his running mate, who I know we've been high on, Dalton. Um, I can't remember if he was a my guy this year or not. He's been a my guy in previous years, and that is Khalil Herbert. Um, I still think he's better than Roshan Johnson, but that Bears game was that that Bears Chiefs game was kind of it's kind of like the saying on Twitter: you never want to be the main character of the day. And for about a five-minute stretch, Clear Herbert turned himself into that with that fumble. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, I think he only got like two carries to Rashawn Johnson's five. Now, again, it was all garbage time. But where are we at with Khalil Herbert through three very unproductive weeks? I'm, I'm dropping him. He's an eight for me uh, mm. for a couple of reasons. Uh, you look at the weekly snap counts for Rashawn Johnson, and this is with Freeman inactive for two of those weeks. It's 28, 32, 54. Uh, and I think at least a part of this is Rashawn Johnson is their third down back. Yeah, that seems he's, like- he's definitely a better pass blocker and yeah. probably pass catcher. So they're running that out there already. And then you, just like we talked about on Justin Fields, this offense is so anemic that the, I don't know where the points are coming from or how I'm getting there. They have this rotating guard tackle situation. They haven't had the same starting offensive line any week yet. They're not running any creative plays for their run game. Um, And there's no threat of Justin Fields running through three weeks. So they're not getting any good looks for their running backs. Uh, So I would go out there and I would be willing to pick up a lot of the other guys who might still be on your waivers. I mean, I would go pretty deep into even grabbing some handcuffs at this point. Like, would you prefer... I don't know, Kenneth Gainwell or Khalil Herbert. I think it's uh, pretty pretty one-to-one, but I would take Gainwell just because there's a chance he falls into the end zone week-to-week. Uh, Chubba Hubbard. You were so close. Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Hubbard, a whole bunch of Max, <laughs> the best bubblegum out there. I, I would still take Herbert over, over Hubbard, I think, for sure. So I'm at a four, and I'm going to be stubborn. With this one, um, I'm going to wait. I, I got to at least give it this week. He has the Broncos. I'm just going to hold and hope to God that he has a nice game this week. And you know what? If you do that and you want to sell him off that game, I, I cannot blame you. C- could not blame you if that's the route you take. You heard it here first. Evan is starting all Bears players this week. <laughs> Please tweet at Evan Riggs if that does not work out for you. I uh, don't think that is quite my correct Twitter. So go ahead and tweet at Evan Riggs. <laughs> it's, uh, maybe they'll get that guy to give up the name for me. It's like a private account that has like 10 followers last I looked. <laughs> All 
All right. Bully, bully that account. Yeah, bully Evan Riggs uh, about tweeting him about the Bears at Evan Riggs on Twitter, please. Uh, the Bills backups, Dalton, Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. I'm at a nine here. I'm saying go ahead and drop both of these guys if you need a spot. Um, again, they're both backups. It is a split among those backups. Like, there's no standalone value like we kind of hoped alongside James Cook in this backfield. And if Cook were to go down, I think it'd be a split. I'm not sure who the lead guy would be in that split or if there would be a lead guy. Like, obviously, you'd want to go pick him up if that happened. But I don't, it's not like it's a one-to-one handcuff situation like, like you're hoping for when you're holding backup running backs with no standalone value. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to 10 um, because both running backs are splitting red zone carries, which is where we thought the value was going to yeah. be. We were right. James Cook is not the red zone back. We were wrong. There is no clear red zone back. Yeah. Uh, so drop them, but it's a situation to monitor. I'm still uh, I'm not a believer that James Cook can do a full season of, like, I think he's on pace for 235 touches, which would be the most of his career, including college. Uh, not a big believer uh, he could do that. So there's still two guys I'm watching and you know making sure they're on my waivers and keep my eye on depending on james cook's status and his touches through the season Mm -hmm. uh james cook's relative dalvin cook who is uh not having a good time in new york nobody is having a good time in new york right now dalton where are we at on on dalvin cook here i mean he's a 10 he where yeah i just knew it i i knew you were gonna take it take a 10 here we already had signs he was washed last off season or last season. Um, and then did, did we? What were the signs? We did. His his underlying metrics were not good. He was not evasive. He didn't force missed tackles. All he was getting was a couple of long plays here and there. Um, so that's a negative. The Jets to date seem committed to Zach Wilson. And as long as they're committed to Zach Wilson, it's, it's just funny because like every time Robert Sala talks after a game midweek presser he has to reiterate zach wilson is our quarterback because it's that bad he's being asked about it every time and we're already hearing murmurs of veteran players being mad that he still has the job because they correctly are saying other quarterbacks will be benched for for less which like he has clearly been the worst quarterback in the nfl in his two and a half games yeah, I don't know if you saw what Willie Gay said, but they asked Willie Gay, the Chiefs linebacker, <laughs> no. what he thought the Jets offense wants to do week to week. And he he paused <laughs> and he goes, I think they just want to run the ball, <laughs> implying that Zach Wilson is, is not it. And we're aware. I think the only two players in this team worth rostering are Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And even then, they're both like flex values at this point. Yeah, I mean... I'm at a five here. I, I can't. It's one of those situations where I can't. If you need the space, I can't blame you. I personally am still trying to hold on because I, I just don't think we can tell if he's cooked because the offense is so bad. I'm just, I'm hoping for a quarterback change and an improved offense because, like, you know, it's not like Brees Hall has done anything the last two weeks. You hold up their box score side by side, and you, you wouldn't know which is which. Not because either one. Like, they're both bad. They're, they're both equally bad. And – I just I, I want to hold on a little bit longer to see if we can get a quarterback change and uh, some better days ahead for this offense. I don't think there are better days ahead. I mean, if there's a quarterback change, there like literally has to be better days ahead. It, it can't. I don't think it can get any worse. I just don't know what quarterback they would go out and get. I like any Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been a, mentioned. Like n- name a quarterback. Oh, there was a. Oh, you know what they should do? It, here we go. I can fix two franchise not fix. I can help two franchises 
and make one really funny reunion with this trade right here. Trade Russell Wilson to the Jets. Russell Wilson is definitely better than what they have. The Broncos have their first-round pick this year. They can tank for Caleb Williams, and they should tank for Caleb Williams this year. And if I'm Sean Payton, as long as I can stomach the – the 14 losses being added to my resume, that is what I would like to do after losing 70 to 20. <laughs> uh, Marvin Mims misses Caleb Williams. They played together his freshman year, so let's do it. Yep, here for it. All right, Dalton, the guy I am not here for is A.J. Dillon. Um, I am at a nine with him. His entire value has been based on, well, if Aaron Jones is out, like this guy is a locked and loaded starter. You want him in your lineup. He's at low-end RB1, high-end RB2. It can be 90% of Aaron Jones. And he just went 15 for 55 and one reception for eight yards in the first game. And then 11 for 33 with no receptions and I think no targets in the second game. And one of those was the Falcons, which should be a pretty good matchup. The other is the Saints, which is a good defense. But but still, like, you, you just got to have better. I'm not even sure he – like. Is Patrick Taylor? Is that the the, the kid's name? The other yeah, running back, the undrafted like, free agent. He he got involved a little bit last week, and something tells me if Aaron Jones were to go down again, he would get even more involved if it were a a longer stretch. And AJ Dillon to me has turned into what I call a roster anchor, where it's just like I, if even if the you get the ideal scenario, you're really not getting that much value out of it, and all he's doing is taking a roster spot in the meantime. Yeah. Well, and I'm with you. I'm an eight here. I mean, we've tried for two years to make AJ Dillon a thing and he's, yep. it's just hasn't been good. He somehow leads the league in running backs with drop passes, despite <laughs> that Aaron Jones played a full game week one. Uh, and if you watch him play, he just doesn't do anything. Well, he's yeah. like Jordan Howard light, which is pretty hard to do because <laughs> at least Jordan Howard got you in the end zone. Uh, so I'm against it. This Packers offense is doing well without needing a good run game behind it. And they'll probably continue to play that way until Aaron Jones is healthy. So yeah, there's, there's no point in rostering him. He's not going to do anything for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Juju Smith Schuster for the Patriots. I'm at a 10 here. Uh, if you've got him, there, there's just no reason to hold him at this point. Averaging 6.6 yards per catch has not been above 33 yards yet. This season was just under 10 yards. We've heard about the knee being a problem all off season and really right before the season and it i i mean i tend to think it's probably true because it caused him problems down the stretch with the chiefs last year and he hasn't done anything to start the season this year for a team with you know kendrick Bourne and Devonte parker as its top two wide receiver options uh and then you just have the fact that this offense is not very good guys like pharaoh brown are going to catch long touchdowns because it's the patriots and i i just don't really want a ancillary descending piece on the Patriots offense. Yeah. I'm a 10 here. Uh, I think we were pretty anti drafting him this whole off season as yeah. well. Um, Kendrick Bourne is ninth in the NFL in air yards. Demario pop Douglas excluding week two has more snaps every game than Juju Smith Schuster. And he's a fifth round rookie out of Liberty. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that Juju's not in their long-term plans. Uh, and then signing him to exactly what Jacoby Myers got was a pretty big mistake in New England. Yeah, yes. so should have brought back Jacoby Myers. Got if Bill Belichick could just figure out the receiver thing, just hire somebody else to be in charge of your receivers, 
and then you do the rest and you probably would be so much better off. Yeah. Yeah. A- anybody could come in there and do a better job <laughs> at receivers than they've done. It's taken three years to get Kendrick Bourne to come around and finally. Yeah. Like we've been saying Kendrick Bourne's the best receiver on this team for multiple years. And I, I think we're finally seeing it, but even then Devonte Parker comes back and Kendrick Bourne snaps go down again. It's like, God, they like, you suck at finding receivers. You have one that's decent. Just like get him on the field, please. <laughs> Come on. All right. Zay Jones. Uh, where are we at with, with Zay Jones? I know we were pretty excited after week one uh, through injury and otherwise we, the excitement has been tampered down a little bit. Uh, part of that is Christian Kirk has produced the last couple of weeks as well. Dalton, where are you on Zay Jones? On the floor. I mean, I still want pieces of this offense. And we'll probably talk. I have uh, a buy low on this offense later. I, I almost did, but I didn't want to have two buy lows on my dynasty team. So, <laughs> um, the, I mean, this this entire Jaguars offense has been unlucky for two weeks. Like, literally unlucky with drop passes that, and offensive inefficiencies. They're having, like, the Chiefs 2021 yeah. type of start to the season. Not quite as extreme. But I think I saw one of the athletic football guys tweet out their sixth and EPA per play, but we, we we've seen the the score in the last two weeks has obviously not followed that up. They had guys dropping passes, uh, fumbling the ball, what you want, you name it, it was happening. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm not dropping him. I think he still has standalone flex value. This mm-hmm. offense is going to get rolling. They still have games against like the Colts um, and they, the funnel defense and the Titans. So I'm still pretty happy. And I think they're going to get things right. Yeah. And they play the Falcons this week, which uh, could be a, a pretty not like the Falcons are a terrible defense, but they're not they're not good defense. Like that, that's a perfectly fine get right spot for this offense. I'm at a two. I, I'm with you. Like Christian Kirk, although he had a nice box score, the the snap count still wasn't what you would hope for with Kirk. So I still kind of think that Zay is gonna be in the two receiver sets until we are proven otherwise when he's healthy. So yeah, I'm with you. I think this offense rebounds. I'm at a two. I'm, I'm holding Zay Jones and just uh, letting him prove it this week. And yeah, I agree with you that I think he's going to have uh, flex value uh, again down the road. Yeah. Uh, nothing to be worried about. And he's, he's the real two in the room. Kirk, Kirk's definitely a slot only guy. Yeah. Which I don't know if I necessarily agree with that based on who I think is better, but that, that is what is happening so far. Yeah. All right, Joshua Kelly, uh, this is a guy who, after week one, we were both pretty excited for. After week two, I said, given our chance, guys, the Titans was a tough matchup. And it was pretty bad last week, too, in the two games without Austin Eckler. Uh, 24 carries for 51 yards. Uh, my rough math tells me that is just over two yards a carry. He has one catch for five yards in, in those two games combined as well, Dalton. Um, what are we supposed to do with Joshua Kelly, who had 91 yards or something to that effect in week one? Um, my question is, is this Alexander Madison 2.0? Where when you see him with the starting running back, like he's there and he has his, his little weeks, but he's actually just a really bad player. And we just keep telling ourselves he's not a bad player. I thought he looked pretty decent week one. I, I thought where you were going and, and kind of where, what I was going to say with this is I think maybe what we learned is he's better as the compliment. You don't want him to be the main guy. He can have nice weeks as the compliment. Um, sadly, I think that any chance of selling him as more than that in a trade, that ship has sailed. But I do think you could hold him. I'm at a five here. I think you could hold him. He could have some nice weeks again as that 
that uh, that compliment to Eckler when Eckler is back, hopefully this week. And if that does happen, maybe people have short memories. In fact, I know people have short memories. and Maybe they'll forget about what happened in weeks two and three, and you can trade them on that promise of, oh, if Eckler gets like, look at this guy, 50, 60 yards every game. If Eckler goes out, that, that's 90 and a touchdown every week. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on a four. Um, they The Chargers also seem like they don't want to use Elijah Dotson or Isaiah Spiller as their yeah. backups. Um, so he has that role. And eventually someone's going to come and bite if Eckler continues to get hurt, which I think is a good possibility. Yep, agree with you there. All right, let's move off from the dropometer into the buy lows and the sell highs. Do you want to start with the buy lows? Do you want to start with the sell highs? Where, where do you want to go with this here? Let's start with the buy lows, the good All right. news. All right, you you go for it. You lead us off with the buy low. Um, buy low, kind of alluded to this earlier, is Calvin Ridley. Uh, I'm seen a lot of victory laps on Twitter about the people who had Christian Kirk ranked over him. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that Christian Kirk's really outperforming him in is fantasy points. He is not doing it in another field. Uh, obviously week one, he had 101 yards and a touchdown. And since then he's had NFL high and drop passes in week two alone. He had four drops. Um, but despite all of that, he's Are you had... sure that was a week, week three. He had four drops in week two. Yeah. Against the Texans. Oh, oh, sorry, week, no, three, week, week three, yes. Okay, okay. I was going to say, against the Chiefs, it was the um, Trevor Lawrence throws Calvin Ridley into the, the field goal stand yes. in the game. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but despite all of those, like he has a ton of missed opportunities. Despite that, he still is 18th in the NFL in air yards. Like they're throwing to him a lot. He has a 22% first read target share among wide receivers. That's an elite level. His yards per separation, he's sixth in the NFL, having at least one yard of separation for next and good stats. Like all of those are still elite numbers. If you've watched any Jags game, it's just as unlucky as it can get. Whether it was week one, even where they had two fumbles, one coming out of the hands of Tank Bigsby and another fumble by Tank Bigsby in the red zone. Uh, all of those just combine the fact that I think this Jags offense gets it right. They get better. There are better days ahead. There are more targets coming his way. I would go out there and buy low. I think he has like high end wide receiver 10 upside. Like we saw week one, I'd be willing to trade some of these other guys who are getting a lot more points right now than him. Uh, for instance, I would do Puka Nukwa plus for him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, T Higgins plus for him would be something I would also consider, but that's more an indictment on Joe Burrow and not T Higgins. Just so anybody listening is aware, George Pickens plus, Another thing I would do for him. All of these guys are ranked above him this week, by the way, mm-hmm. in in uh, consensus rankings. So just a few options I would go out there and trade for to get him uh, because I think he'll he'll end the season as a top 10 wide receiver still. Yeah, and I mean, if he catches that touchdown, like what was like a 30, 40-yard touchdown pass, then we're probably not even having this conversation. Now, that's bad. That's bad on him. He didn't catch it. He should have caught it, but – I think if the drops were happening right away, like at right out of the gate, it would have been concerning. It would have been like, oh, this is a guy that looks rusty. But like we saw in week one what he looked like. And even against the Chiefs, the 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 stats weren't there, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. It was a couple near misses in the end zone. It was the Chiefs basically sticking Trent McDuffie on Christian Kirk and double teaming Calvin Ridley, kind of doing the Bill Belichick, put my best guy on your two, double team 
year one. Uh, and, and that and the Chiefs have been a good defense so far. And then last week was the first one where it was like truly on Ridley. And you know what? Guys have bad games. I think he'll bounce back. I think this offense will bounce back. Like I said, they are right around sixth, I think, in like EPA per play. It's just uh, the turnovers, the drops. Those are things that you wouldn't think would be sticky for the entire season. But we'll see. Yeah. I agree with you. I think this offense gets right. And I think this first, you know, three week span by the start of, you know, by the playoffs, people are going to forget the Jags started off the way they did. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got two questions in the chat that I will get to before I forget later on the show. First one from Stephen L. Who should I start in a full PPR? Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, or Slant Boy, as he calls them here, <laughs> and Hollywood Brown. Uh, for me, I would go with Hollywood Brown. I liked the matchup they draw this week. Uh, Michael Thomas, they might not have Derek Carr for some time. Yep. And Jerry Judy, I mean, he's just not looked good. He's not Cor- getting Cortland, Cortland Sutton was the one last week. Now he had two incredibly terrible fumbles and one drop in the end zone, but he also had good moments too. And Cortland Sutton was definitely treated like the one. Yeah, and I think they have bigger problems in Denver than just Cortland Sutton. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going with, with Hollywood there as well. Um, should the next guy, uh, Jay Quivert, Quivion says, should I start Ramondre Stevenson or I'm assuming James Cook is the cook that's being referred to here. Uh, Steven actually responded in the chat, Cook easily. Dalton, uh, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, this week, yes, because James Cook plays Miami and Miami has the 30th rush defense in the NFL. Like they just haven't been good. Going back to our Josh Kelly conversation earlier, that might be part of why he looks so good week one. Uh, the only team that really hasn't got things going against them on the ground would be our good friends in Denver. And again, <laughs> that's probably the Denver Broncos fault and not the Miami Dolphins scheming it up. I'm, I'm going cook too. I, I wouldn't say easily, um, but, but I'll go cook for the matchup reasons that you mentioned. And Zeke was just a lot more involved than, than you want last week, 16 carries. I, I, I couldn't believe that because, you know, they weren't exactly showing that game on red zone a ton last week. So I wasn't seeing that game a ton, but I don't know. People were suggesting that because they just needed a pounder. That's why Zeke got, got so much volume, but I'm a little scared off of that. At least this week uh, for yeah. Stevenson versus cook, especially. And then one more here and then we'll get back to it. Um, Laporta versus Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm doing Sam Laporta. I think the, Lions have needed a playmaker and he kind of broke out. He's second or third in the NFL in tight end targets. Yep. They play Green Bay. I think that's going to be a pretty pass happy game. I mean, if I was doing weekly rankings, he'd probably be all the way up to like four or five. I think he is a better option of like outscoring players like Mark Ingram and Darren Waller right now with just what we've seen. Evan Ingram. He, he'll definitely outscore Mark Ingram. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, gosh. I feel bad. We're getting all these starts. I'll, I'll get to one more here. One more here, Lauren. Then we're going back to the buy lows. Jalen Warren or Rashawn Johnson. I know Rashawn Johnson's playing the Broncos. I need to take a glance at Jalen Warren's matchup this week. It is. Oh, my God. Where is. Good Lord. I cannot find. This might be a reason. Oh, Najee Harris, 26. Oh, my God. They play Houston this week. I think I'd go Jalen Warren. The matchup is better for Rashawn Johnson, probably, but not too dissimilar. And I just, 
believe in the Steelers offense more, more than the Bears offense. And I like Jay Warren a lot. I think he's a good player, and I'm not so sure about Rashawn Johnson yet. Yeah, I'm saying with you. I think Jalen Warren's just all around better. And I I mean, I just don't want to watch that Chicago Bears game. Warren is kind of low-key. I mean, the Steelers said it before last game that he's going to get more involved. He, he is low-key getting more involved a, as we go here, too. And, I mean, there's a reason why Najee Harris is RB26 in these ranks I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, that entire offense is just a cluster. All right. Uh, an offense that's been a cluster is the Bengals. And you know who I'm looking at for my buy low? Mr. T. Higgins. I I just think you, you can never underestimate the impact that seeing one of your studs play the way he played on Monday Night Football can have on a fantasy manager when they're looking to make these decisions. Like, how many people did T. Higgins cost their matchup last week? Because they needed six points out of the guy. He goes two for 21 or whatever it was. Two or three drops, probably, maybe not even probably. I think definitely played his worst game as a pro. <laughs> probably his worst game maybe of his life uh, in that game. It was bad. Um, and I know I know he had the explosive week too, but I, I still just think with with what happened in the prime time that you're gonna be able to catch a a a panicked T. Higgins manager in your league in a lot of cases. I know the offense is the offense right now. It's limited, Burrow's limited. We'll see if he can get healthy, when he can get healthy, how the offense continues to evolve. It's all quick stuff or sideline shots to Higgins basically he got a couple over the mill targets of course two of them I think he dropped he even with how the offense looked he still should have had four or five catches for 60 yards in that game instead of two for for 20 or whatever it was I just think like that takes him from a fringe wide receiver one to a top 20 receiver like I still think you can probably buy it a value for for what his value is going to be while Burrow is this version of Burrow. He's still, last week, is at 27% of the air yards. I know his air yards in week one were like 150 with no t- no receptions, no fantasy points. And the Bengals are still leading the NFL in neutral pass rate. They still threw it 50-plus times with Joe Burrow being in the state that he was. And that's because, you know, I saw – uh, our friend Eli Beery tweet, you know, maybe if they ran the ball more, that would help. But, you know, the problem is their success rate was is 25% running the ball this year. That is tied with the Steelers, basically, is worst in the NFL this year. So that is why they're throwing. And he's been so volatile. Week one, you know, a lot of off-target stuff. Week three was all on him. By and large, his average depth of target is way up from last year. I would expect that to stabilize. I think maybe the one concerning thing that I've seen a couple people point to is that separation isn't there, but you look at it. I would bet you 75% of his targets are straight down the sideline shots. And he's not a guy who's going to get separation doing that. He's going to get separation over the middle. He's not going to run by you. You're not going to get separation on, on vertical routes. Um, when you're throwing jump ball stuff to him. And so I think that can easily explain that Dalton. What, what do you say about T Higgins? I mean, I don't know if I'm buying him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get it, but yeah, I still am. We have a, I mean, we've had our qualms with Zach Taylor and his play calling. And I think that that's still a problem. I, I mean, that Monday night game was absolutely terrible. 
the the offensive line did not play well against what I think is a pretty poor Los Angeles Rams pass rush, uh, even with Aaron Donald in the game. They, one of the, one of their linemen, I I don't remember which one. It wasn't Orlando Brown. I would have remembered that. One of their linemen had a zero PFF grade yeah. for pass blocking. Yeah. That's where I was going. Well, it was one of the only games uh, in PFF's charting history to have two linemen on each team record a zero. A zero. Like, and then you combine that with Joe Burrow's uh, calf concerns that seem to be like they're going to be an issue for at least half the season. I'm just worried about where they're going to go. Jamar Chase played well in that game because they put him in the slot and just basically threw Who would have thought? Who, who went on a rant on this podcast last week? Just get the guy the ball and you're going to be okay. And that's what they did. <laughs> Took yeah. them three weeks to figure that out. So I might buy him, but it, I, I would be buying him at a low, low price if I was going out to get him. I'm just worried about where this is going. Um, and, I mean, he's coming up on the end of his contract year. I'm not saying the Bengals are going to go out there and trade him or anything, but I just don't know what the morale there looks like in Cincinnati. If the Bengals are going to trade him, um, I've uh, got a, a text message to send to a Chiefs employee to, <laughs> to get on the line. <laughs> Yeah, no, I we don't have we don't need T. Higgins. We have Kadarius Tony drops at home. <laughs> I I get the concerns, I do, but I just think he's too good a player. He's gonna get back on track. And this offense, even with Burrow being limited, I think is gonna be perfectly fine. Like the passing volume is still gonna be there. And he, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be good by and large, I think, this season. All right, who's your second? Uh, my second's going deep. He might even be on waivers in some of your leagues, uh, but I'm going with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, okay. He's done nothing through three weeks uh, for good reason. Uh, week one, he had a 12% snap share. Really can't do much with that. Week two, it went up to 22%. And last week, it was all the way up at 34%. Kenneth Walker is getting the lion's share of the work. That number seems to be going down every week. Uh, in addition to that, Zach Charbonnet has done really well in pass blocking situations. Uh, looking at PFF, he's great as the number eight pass blocker with a minimum of 30 uh, downs where he's played a pass blocking down. So he's really solidified the role we expected. He got two passes last week that worked looked really well. This offensive line in Seattle is going to get healthier week by week. They have three more weeks till both their tackles probably get off IR, <laughs> which is encouraging for anybody. Um, and despite the t- when you don't, uh, include the touchdowns. Kenneth Walker has been incredibly inefficient in his ground game, uh, but he but he is scoring the touchdowns and he's, he's getting, getting the all the goal line work. And you mentioned Charbonnet snaps going up. Kenneth Walker's fantasy points are also going up every yes, week too. Yes, they are. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the post week buy for rookies, and I want to try to get some of those guys on my team before we get there. Uh, we know historically that running backs take a little bit to get going. It's just a harder position to learn in the NFL. So he's one of those guys, especially looking at some of the players we talked about earlier, I would much prefer to stash uh, Zach Charbonnet over Khalil Herbert, um, A.J. Dillon, or even Dalvin Cook and have him on my bench as a guy who I know I'm not starting week to week, but I know there's high-end upside there. I'm still a believer in the skills and the talents, and I think coming back from their bye week, this offense is going to need his skills and talents, and they're going to use them in that way. What what I would say, where, where I would disagree a little bit, is we don't know that there's high-end upside there, but we have hope that there's high-end upside there, unlike with A.J. Dillon, who, uh, you know, our, our hope, I think, has been dashed. Uh, our hope, I know, has been dashed. We, we talked about earlier um, for that upside being there. So I probably don't feel as strongly about it as you do because I've 
consistently been a little bit higher on Kenneth Walker. I think that's still the case. But I do agree that if someone is looking at the usage now, again, it is going up. So somebody who drafted them who really knows their stuff might say, hey, like, I know it's going to be a slow burn. You're going to have to actually pay me. And if I have to actually pay a fair price for him, you know, fair, what his value should be, I'm not as enthusiastic about that. But if you're dealing with impatient box score watcher who wants, I don't, you know, Roshan Johnson, can you trade Roshan Johnson? Cause he's getting the snaps, even though he hasn't produced um, that much, obviously um, Charbonnet has neither, but like, you know, someone who just knows like, Hey, this guy's playing more. I, yeah. I'd rather have that guy. Even though, like I, I'm, I'm in for the dirt cheap ones. I'm a little more skeptical on the more reasonably priced ones, but I don't think it's a bad gamble to take because we see all the time these rookies with upside, um, we can't properly value them because we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I agree. All right, my second guy who, you know, I think you're going to disagree with based on a previous podcast, but we'll see. We'll see. Josh Jacobs. If I told you to go buy low on Josh Jacobs, you would say? Um, I saw his schedule earlier today, and I would strictly on the schedule. And I'd you, probably go buy Zamir White as well. Oh, so you would. Okay, like I said you yeah. wouldn't. So, like, this all started where I was looking at a couple of different rest of season ranks. I stumbled upon ESPN. I think it was Eric Carabell's ranks that he put out. And he had James Conner at RB8 and Josh Jacobs at RB10. And I'm just telling you, I'm making that trade straight up every time. And I, I think you can, you can do a, a lesser running back plus or just a running back like James Conner. Um, who you don't believe in long-term rest of season like Josh Jacobs and, and get it done. Like we talked about last week, the struggles on the rushing game. I, I don't have the update uh, through week three. I know through week two, he was in a more yards after contact than total rushing yards situation. That is now the situation that Brees Hall finds himself in on a related note through three weeks. Yes, But, you know, Josh Jacobs last week, 82% snap share. He goes 17 for 62 on the ground. Not great, but the best it's been so far this year. Uh, Three for 18 receiving. 20 touches. He's getting that elite workload. The volume is there. It's just the efficiency and the touchdowns are not. I'm not sure if it's going to come back to what it was last season, but it doesn't have to for him to be uh, of value where he's at. And if you want to buy him, you mentioned the the upcoming schedule. You have to buy him now, or you're probably not going to have that chance. They play the Chargers this week, and we know what's happened um, with running backs playing against the Chargers. Even Alexander Madison had a decent little black score line playing against the Chargers last week. And you look at it last season. Dalton, what do you think Josh Jacobs was through three weeks last season? RB what? I think he was RB 28. You must have seen that stat. He was RB28 <laughs> through three weeks last season. What do you think Josh Jacobs is through three weeks this season? It has to be worse, right? Like RB40? He's RB27, actually, which, oh. <laughs> which is kind of shocking. But, well, he does have quite a few catches, um, so maybe that's propping him up a little bit there. But he started slow last season and then went on to lead the league in rushing. Not saying that's going to happen, but what I am saying is there is plenty of time for this guy to turn in RB1 value for your team season long. And I just think that it's been bad enough through three weeks that you can still buy low, but it was good enough last week against a good defense that 
I think there is plenty of hope for better days ahead for this guy who we've been over. I, I, I just, I love the player. Yeah, I agree with you with that. It's also a hellscape at running back mm-hmm. in fantasy right now. Like there's nobody who's doing well. I mean, looking at weekly, weekly ranks, Travis Etienne is five, yeah. which is absurd. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. But, but like, I, it's absurd, but then it's not. Cause it's like, okay, who are you putting ahead of him? Yeah, and we have like a 31-year-old who has been injured every every day of his career at number eight in Raheem Moster and well, I Zach mean, you know, Devon Achain plays basically one game. It's an awesome game, but he plays one game, has you know, whatever, two hundred yards and four touchdowns. He's the RB five in one yeah. game. And then you have like Zach Moss, who was traded for a bag of peanuts to the Colts, who's RB eleven this week. It, it, it's absurd. I would continue to buy talent because I'm sure a lot of people who drafted talented running backs are not happy right now. And it's a good time to buy talent instead of starting the guys who are just getting workloads mm-hmm. uh, who may not be that good. Looking Spe- at you, Kyron Williams. <laughs> Speaking of, um, just check in on your resident Jonathan Taylor owner in your league, j- just to make sure. Yeah, and their mental health. <laughs> just to make sure you can't get him. I know if they've been holding him and you know he's a week away from coming back, they're probably not trading him. But if they're 0-3... If they, you know, like if they own three, don't have Zach Moss, maybe you can trade him Zach Moss and then another really good player and you can get Jonathan Taylor. Like, I think this is if it's not the best time to buy him, but it's not a bad time to take a look. I did have one honorable mention that I won just to throw in there. I didn't know if you're going to have him, so I didn't want to have him in my two. That's Isaiah Pacheco. You know, he's the RB23. It feels like it should be worse than that. But I think part of that, again, is based on just the position and how bad it's been after a couple of guys so far this season. I, I mean, there were four touchdowns from the running back room the other day. He had one of them. Like, at some point, he's going to have <laughs> two two touchdowns, three touchdowns in one of these games where the running backs are scoring. Jarek McKinnon just keeps getting away with it. But, you know, <laughs> Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also had a goal line touch, and that's just not going to happen as often as Pacheco, who – I believe I pulled this stat. Yeah, I pulled this stat from uh, Danny Carter. He has seven green zone rushes in three games, third in the NFL. He has 14 targets. He has uh, this season basically a little over three a game. Like, or no, sorry, he has nine targets, three a game. Last year, he had 14 targets on the season. He is getting the passing game work that we all wanted. And it just hasn't you know, hasn't quite converted to the box score yet. Part of that is because you have one carry in the first half against the Jaguars. And there's going to be halves like that. There's going to be games like that because the Chiefs throw the ball more than anybody, basically, in the NFL. But if you can get a running back in this offense who's getting a couple targets a game and the goal line work, like, I'm, I'm buying that guy all day. Yeah, uh, love Pacheco, love the idea of taking it. He's also been working through a hamstring contusion, so yep. more snaps are to come as he gets healthy, uh, if he can get healthy. Uh, yeah, well, and considering he was, how he runs. Yeah, well, and he obviously was working his way back from the offseason surgeries, so perhaps week one, uh, well, I, I know week one. I don't think CH is starting week one if Isaiah Pacheco isn't being eased back in. Yeah. All right, I did want to preface the sell high conversation. Now, maybe you have one of these guys in your, in your sell high. Um, but you can tell me, you can, so you can tell me if you do Devon, a chain or he most are, are either of those got two guys sell, sell highs for you. 
No, I just I left Miami alone. It's such an See, outlier game. Yeah, and I I just think that everybody knows that those guys are sell highs right now. So can you really sell high on them? No, I don't think so. But I did just want to start this off with a if you can sell these guys for a you know, in Mostert's case, if you can trade them for a guy who you think is going to be a top 15 running like Mostert for Josh Jacobs. Could could you like Mostert plus something for Josh Jacobs? That is the exact type of trade I am sending all day in my leagues. But the I, question don't think, is, I don't think you can do that, but there may be leagues where you can do that. So I wanted to just mention that off the top. In rookie watch, would you do a chain for Gibbs if you could do that? Yeah, I would take the Gibbs side of that. Yeah, all so day, all day. Like I I like a chain. Um. But you said it was just such an outlier performance. I, I've got to see it uh, for at least a couple more weeks. Now, I don't have to see what he just – but I've got to see, like, consistent production. And more to the point, I've got to see Miami be able to scheme it up the way they were able to last week, which is basically – I think Matt Wallman said this, and he it's a really smart way of thinking about it. The way that Miami is setting up these run plays – with these pitches and getting these offensive linemen up field in misdirection, they're basically setting up punt return scenarios for these guys. And I mean, th- that's where a chain can thrive where if he has to be forced to make the tough runs between the tackles, can he do that consistently? I- I'm not sure like that. That's obviously the knock on him coming into the NFL. Cause he's so small. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he still weighs 180 pounds. Hopefully he beefs up a little bit, but I, I- not a good look uh, with that weight class. You have Jeff Wilson, who's probably the bruisiest back coming back by week five. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to just toss this up there. Who's a running back I could target? The running backs he can package for an upgrade are Jerome Ford, Tyler Algier, Joshua Kelly, Eli Mitchell, Jamal Williams, uh, JWJ. Who is JWJ? Who am I? What am I missing with that one? I do not know who JWJ is. Uh, okay. Um, I, I think you could like, if you want to add a good receiver, you could probably go find, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, in your league. Uh, but if you're going to package one of those running backs with another bench piece, I think, and you're looking at a pretty fit fringe, like, I don't know, like Jerome Ford, you could get something pretty good for if you package him. If you want to go further down, oh, Jamal Williams is hurt. That's probably not a good trade guy right now. Eli Mitchell plus something. Or like Jayla Ward, who we talked about, like you know, maybe something like that. Just find like a a pass catcher like that who can be a, a flex value type of guy. Yeah, I'd be interested about Jerome Ford for Javante Williams. I'm sure those Javante Williams owners aren't too happy, but I think his time's coming. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously with Jamal Williams, you can't do much. But if you if someone's still looking for Jamal Williams for a small piece upgrade like Jalen Warren, I would do that. Yep. All right, next one here from Jacob Kamara, and I assume Christian Watson, maybe Deshaun, but probably Christian for Bijan and Drake London. Yes. Next question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get Bijan, take Bijan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bijan, uh, a guy I considered on on the buy lows, does not have a touchdown yet. Something tells me that will change. Or no, he has one receiving. He's touchdown. a receiving. No, no rushing. No rushing. Yeah. All right, Dalton, sell highs, and then uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, if you've ever listened to the show, you know I'm not a fan of this player. Uh, it's Damian Pierce. Uh, it, I mean, it's been pretty terrible in Houston for Damian Pierce and pretty good for everybody else. Uh, he had a touchdown last week, which is why he's on this list. 
Damian Pierce had 13 carries for 31 yards, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly hard to do. Uh, CJ Stroud is balling behind a horrible offensive line, but their run game isn't. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the snap splits and like Devin Singletary is coming every week. His snap share has gone up, which I think the coaching staff just isn't seeing it out of Damian Pierce. Uh, He's not getting any passing down work. He's not been effective blocker. What he's been good at is getting between the tackles. They can't open those lanes up. Um, like we've talked about this entire podcast, the running back market is terrible. So I would sell him while he has a 13-point game on his resume. Uh, and I would go out there and sell him. Like, probably can't get a Josh Jacobs, but like a James Conner, I would sell him for right away. Uh, probably even like a Tyler Algier, I would consider the option because I think that he has better days to come. Definitely a Javante Williams if that owner is willing to trade for him. Um, I mean – I would go pretty low to get rid of him. I mean, I mean, I'd probably even consider trading off for Tajay Spears, um, who has three straight games of a higher snap percentage than Derrick Henry. I think that's crazy. I I know it's been bad. We talked about it a little bit last week. I know it's been bad. I know the touchdown hid the bad last week, but I still just think like at the value you can probably get, which he's a sell high relative the first two weeks, but. He's not a sell high relative to his draft capital, probably. I, I don't know. He's probably not worth what you draft them as right now. I, I think I'm just hanging in. But again, this is a comes down to a difference of opinion preseason on, on this guy for you and me, I think, here. Yeah. I mean, you talked about a roster anchor, and I think this is the worst of the worst. <laughs> it, it, it definitely could be for sure. All right. My first sell high, um, sadly, this probably ends any hope of me trading him in our Dynasty League is James Conner. <laughs> I'm, I'm selling James Conner. And this isn't like a, my next guy is a desperate sell. Like I am trading at all costs. This is a, if I can upgrade to a Josh Jacobs, if I can upgrade to a, I mean, heck, a Jonathan Taylor. Like you might be able to do that trade straight up because you have a week where he's playing and Taylor's not. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what it, it's very team and league dependent how that Jonathan Taylor team is doing. But like, I think you could trade him for really good stuff and I'm not looking to trade him unless it's for that. But I think you can trade him for more than he's worth, which is why he's on this list to me. You know, he, he's the RB eight right now. I've seen him inside of top tens rest of season. And I'm just not quite like, I think if you told me James Connor is the RB 15 from this point forward, I would say, yeah, you know, probably so. But top 10, I think, is a little too much for me. I, I, but he's been awesome to start the season. Like, he's looked uh, – I've never been the biggest fan uh, of him just as a player, but he has looked a lot better than I expected, better than I remember him looking <laughs> last year, really, so far this season. And just the whole Cardinals team has looked a lot better than anybody expected. But the list of guys who have had nine or more points in half-point scoring – at running back is very small. It is five players long to be exact. And he is on that list. He's been double digits the last two weeks. I think he was at 9.5 in week one. Like he has the workload. We knew this coming in. I'm not really concerned about the descending snap shares. 84, 72, 64 is his snap shares the first three weeks. Like he has a hundred percent of the goal line work for his team. He's been a top 20 PPR running back in every game without Kyler Murray dating back to last season. So I do kind of wonder now Kyler coming off the ACL, probably not going to run as much. I do wonder a little bit what maybe more Kyler runs or just a Kyler centric offense does to his value later on the season. If he's not getting 
quite the same amount of work if they're throwing more, just more pure dropbacks, uh, more scrambles, things of that nature. I mean, he leads the NFL in runs of 20 plus yards. Like that, I can promise you will not continue because for as good as he's been, that, that's just never, that's never been the player that James Conner is. He's top five in rushing yards. In week two, he was tied the league lead in missed tackles. He absolutely torched the Cowboys of all teams last week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's very good rest of season, but I just am not quite buying top 10 at the position. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's early in the season where sometimes teams just aren't ready for what offenses come out and show them. And then as the season goes on, you scheme those things up. I just don't think the Cardinals have a lot to get ready. What they did against the Dallas Cowboys was essentially – let Micah Parsons in the backfield yep. and just run the opposite direction of that, him I mean, every play. And the, it worked. And it's similar. You know, the Chiefs did a similar thing with uh, with Bosa uh, against the Niners last year was, you know what? You go ahead and try and get around the edge. We're running jet sweeps right to where you used to be. Like, like And yeah. they, they were smart about how they attacked it. Yeah. And I mean, he has 5.2 yards per carry. Um, but the the scariest thing for James Conner is his touchdowns are probably going to come down, which yeah. is going to mean his, his production is going to come down with that. And you just always have uh, the health concerns in the back of your head. Every running back can get hurt. But Conner's a guy who, you know, every year he misses a couple games. So you yeah. probably have that coming. And if that does, like if that were to happen in two weeks, then he'd probably have to build up another two or three games of RB1 equity to sell him for what he's at right now. Yeah, exactly. Although, I mean, if you have him when Kyler Murray comes back, he could become a real value with, yeah. with your playoff push. It's very very possible. Yeah, I again, this is not a sell at any means necessary. This is a I am using him to trade up at running back. If I can do it. All right, who's your second sell? Uh, I mean, going we back have to the same Denver guy? Bronco, is oh, it Portland no, Sutton? No, oh, okay, we don't. Good. Yeah, uh, Corlin Sutton, get him off your team while you can. Yeah. Uh, f- first, this Marvin Mims situation has to come to fruition, which is Marvin Mims is just the best offensive player they have other than probably Javante Williams. He's just point. not playing like any snaps right now. No. And he goes in there and catches a 40-yard pass and goes back out for a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but eventually, um, Sean Payton will add Traquan Smith, who the Saints just released. <laughs> uh, no, but... The involvement for Cortland Sutton has been there. Like he, like you said earlier, he's been the wide receiver one. He's up yeah. to uh, wide receiver 27 and a half point PPR for scoring. Would be higher if he caught the second touchdown or didn't fumble uh, twice in the Miami Dolphins game. But he's just really not been good looking at what he's doing. He's not getting separation. He's 98th out of 120 qualifying receivers in separation. His contested catch rate is at 15%, so he's not contesting the balls that are coming up to him. And then his A dot has dropped every game, and I think that's in part due to the Broncos just not being able to get the ball downfield because Russell Wilson isn't getting the looks they need. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that this offense gets worse as the season goes on. I really don't have a strong belief in them getting better. He, you could probably flip him for like, I mean, I'd probably just do Jameson Williams if someone stash him on IR. Like, if they need wins, I would do that straight up. Yeah, it, that would be. I mean, you know, where with where you drafted Cortland Sutton, you probably don't need him to be a starter. Um, so not crazy. I just would say, if I can trade 
a guy off the Denver Broncos for a guy that I feel good about starting, I am interested. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter I who mean, it is. <laughs> just looking at rankings, Jahan Dotson is wide receiver 47, and I would do that straight Oh, up. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Someday they're going to remember he exists past the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I really hope they do. Or Jackson Smith Najigba. Um, I would wait for his post by bump because there's just – like going back to an earlier conversation, there's hope with those guys. I really don't think there's any hope with Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up JSN. I think I had him on the on the drop meter list and then just skipped over him. So we're we're both kind of in agreement that he's yes been bad so far, but he's coming off you know freaking surgery on his hand, missed camp. Like, give him a little time. Yeah, uh, are you are you gonna say Derek Henry here? No, I'm saying Alexander <laughs> Madison. I am. If I have Madison, this is your chance to get that guy the hell off your team, and that is what I'm doing. He. You know, I know Cam Akers is waiting, so that may bring down his value to lower than you think. But I promise you, his value is actually lower than that lower than you think number <laughs> going forward. Like, like, how much of that game did you see the other day? Too much. The dude dropped a pass in the red zone that he could have easily scored a touchdown on, caught the next pass after, I think, a penalty and got them to like the five that kicked a field goal fumbled in the red zone and it just wasn't called a fumble be i think it was a forward progress deal they just blew the play dead and he did eventually get stripped he was clearly not down and the chargers clearly recovered it and he fumbled like i said twice the week before only one of them counted and was stuffed the goal line three times like he is just not good cam Akers, who i know hasn't been all uh roses for him the first couple years but it would not surprise me at all if he comes in takes this job and i think you can sell his 100 plus total yards on 80 percent of the snaps last week at to to a higher value than what he's gonna be worth rest of the season like this is i think your best chance to get this guy off your team yeah um it's hard to be on a team where your quarterback is set to lead the league in yards and touchdowns and to not be a top 20 running back getting as many snaps as Alexander Madison is getting. Mm-hmm. I pulled up his PFF ranks here, and his elusive rating is 32nd out of 36 qualified running backs. Uh, Najee Harris is underneath him. So, like, <laughs> it, it's it's the grim of the grim on how bad he's who, been. Who, who's the guy ranked directly ahead of him? Ranked directly ahead of him is actually Miles Sanders. Ah, okay, who's ranked directly? I, I, I'm trying to find, like, a really bad name. Who's directly ahead of Miles Sanders? Directly ahead of Miles Sanders. Let me scroll for it real quick. You're not going to like this one. Uh-oh. It's your boy, Josh Jacobs. Okay, never mind. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's probably because he's getting touched in the backfield every play. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm selling him. I think Cam Akers – I know the, like, mid-off meme game was all over when they made the trade. I think Cam Akers is just a better back than Madison. Like, at least Cam Akers has – spurts of seasons where we've seen him be an effective and efficient back where Madison has like a game at a time and then takes two off to be bad. Yeah. The, the thing that we can't account for because we don't know it with Cam Akers is just what, what does he have between his ears? You know, is it mm-hmm. a, is it truly a Cam Akers problem or is it a Cam Akers and Sean McVay problem? Like, yeah, I, something has clearly gone amiss as far yeah, just like, off the field there so you don't know what it's going to be like in the next stop but i agree with you purely football he is a better player and if he shows up ready to work ready to play 
then he, I think, can take this job. And again, that that's why even if Cam Akers was not coming, I would still be selling Madison off of this game. But especially because Cam Akers is coming, I I, I really I, I really would like to sell. Yeah, um, and my honorable mention here, just because it's the same exact issue, um, is Rashad White. Mm. Like Rashad White is playing ninety percent of the snaps, and he's just not doing anything with with no. the workload he's getting. Um, and it's the same case with Alexander Madison. The moment another running back comes into that room, or even if Sean Tucker emerges, like it's over. Rashad White's not good, and Alexander Madison's not good. And if you draft based on only workload going into the season, you're probably going to end up losing those players. I think you and I were pretty anti both these guys going into the season. And I, I think through three weeks, it's pretty safe to say that they're, they're not doing a good job. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts threw two interceptions the other night. After the first one, Rashad White was stripped uh, and fumbled the ball. Pretty soft fumble in the middle of the field, all things considering. Uh, and then after the second one, he gets tackled for a safety. I know the blocking wasn't great, but also what I know is uh, Rashad White was like, half running up to the line of scrimmage thinking he had time to like make a decision. It's like, no man, you just need to try and run this guy over who is sprinting, you know, head on fire through the line of scrimmage right now. You can't, you can't tiptoe in the end zone. So he, uh, two turnovers and he gave it right back to the Eagles both times. God drive the coaches crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much hope for him going forward. All right. One more question here in the chat, and then we will move on. Trade T. Higgins for Tyler Lockett. Uh, Daniel, I had T. Higgins as a buy low, so I am firmly on the T. Higgins side here. Dalton, where are you at? I would ask for something else with T. Higgins, or with Tyler Lockett, sorry. Um, but I will say Tyler Lockett is second in the NFL in red zone targets, and like his game is probably coming where he's going to have his 30 pointer. I would not. Oh yeah, he every year it, yeah. it's coming at some point. I would not do it straight up. I would ask for like at least like a Jalen Warren type running back back in in that Tyler Lockett deal. But I don't hate it. And if you're if you're own three and worried about the Bengals, I would you might need to do it. Yeah. No, I I understand the sentiment. All right. That is going to do it for us on episode 119. If you are just a average listener, you can turn off this podcast now. The next five minutes of this is purely for our Dynasty League. We promised we would bring some weekly updates. That is exactly what we're going to do here in a moment. Just want to say follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe on the YouTube channel right here at Half Point for Podcast. We will answer all your questions. The show is available. Spotify, Apple, all of that. George Play in the chat. Dalton had Zach Charbonnet as a buy low earlier. Rewind it a little bit, and you can listen to some Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker debate there. Thank you guys so much for listening. And now we are on, on to Sunday Fun Day. Take a look at this obnoxious league. And where we're going to start, Dalton, is where exactly where you think. Hey, this is somebody you guys don't tend to enjoy. His name is DJ Shark. He's got a family. He's relocated. I'm starting to add personal details to this. <laughs>
How can Eli say all of this and then cut DJ Shark in a dynasty league? How? Picked up for $10 on waivers by somebody else there, I think Brad. Yeah, not only did Eli drop DJ Chark going into this week, but DJ Chark that had the best game of his 11 season. targets, scores a touchdown. 16.6 <laughs> fantasy points. Uh, all around, it has been a debacle for the skunks. I, I, I like how Eli put a bid back in for Chark, but he didn't go too big. He's like, I can't like double, like I can't pay for this guy that I just dropped. Like I have to, I have to chill out a little bit there. Yeah, no, it, it's terrible, uh, and it, it is a revenge game. I don't know when Brad plays Eli, but that will be revenge week one hundred and one for <laughs> DJ Chark, and we will be on the watch. All right, Don, we've had a lot of changes to this league in in the last nine months. Just run through them real quick. Your team was the champion two-time reigning champions now uh, i'm just gonna call you uh opp uh, i'm not saying your team's full name on this podcast is uh in a rebuild let's just say you are in one of the firmest trust the process rebuilds i have ever laid eyes on uh, so that's where you stand i think that's probably the last opp update until there's a trade we scored uh first of all josh palmer which <laughs> Big waiver wire edition this week. Uh, we scored a whopping 42 points last week. Both my running backs combined for one point. Uh, but I do have nine picks in the next draft. So, like, the brighter days are coming, and we are fully rebuilding. We are tanking for every player in this upcoming draft. Yeah, you know, as uh, Jim Jimerson, I think at Jim Jimerson on Twitter, ha- has kind of said, um, the tie bots looking like the number one team in the league right now, our friend Ty Miller. Um, it is pretty difficult to score 160 and 150 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. That is what Ty has done. He did it last week without Aaron Jones and Saquon. And then the week before, he did it without Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley getting hurt. If that gives you any idea, Ty, I think, is firmly number one with the rest of us chasing right now. But if you had to give a, let's just say, a two through six looking at the playoff picture, What's kind of your your early thoughts right now? Well, I got I got to throw the melon heads in it too. Let's go. Uh, that, that would be Evans' team. Uh, just a all round dangerous wide receiver room. Uh, three. I know it's been a rough start to a season, but the donkey punchers got to yeah. get in there. Uh, Brian's team still has some real juice to it. I mean, AJ yeah. Brown and Justin Jefferson, and with uh, Tony Pollard and Brees Hall, you just expect the run game to get going. Uh, and then you know. Congrats to him. He's doing some work here. Uh, friend of the show, Eli Beery. He has put together like the all old team. Uh, yeah. And the olds are performing for him. And he has Kyler Murray coming back. So if he could just sneak into the playoffs or stay competitive, he could have himself a team. Um, just made the trade for Kirk Cousins, who yeah. I think is like an overall QB2 in fantasy right now. So love that. And then we're going to just round this bad boy out with the Toledo tanks who were an early preseason favorite. Yeah. Uh, but really uh, they have struggled immensely between the, the issues with Austin Eckler's injury yeah. and just overselling assets and overvaluing their position this off season. So the Toledo tanks could be falling out of favor in Sunday fun day for life. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm going to have myself in that playoff picture. Um, just to run down a couple of my moves. So I, I was firmly a rebuilding team last year. This year, I've acquired Travis Etienne. I've acquired Travis Kelsey. I acquired James Conner in the offseason from you. Um, 
And I'm trying to think what else. Amon Ross St. Brown for me. Yep, Amon Ross St. Brown from you. I drafted Zay Flowers um, among uh, other guys. Traded Jordan Addison for Travis Etienne, who I just mentioned. So that rebuild has gone quickly. Where We'll see if the guys stay healthy. I'm with you that that Brian's team is definitely like it hasn't been a a smooth start. We'll see about the finish. I, I'm probably a little higher on uh, Toledo Tanks than you are still. Uh, he Noah's still got a pretty loaded top end of the roster. Now, you know, we kind of are seeing a little bit with the Eckler injury, what that can do, but that'll that'll impact any team, obviously. I'm a little less of a believer in, in the Skunks long-term than you. I think Raheem Mostert eventually will come crashing back down the earth uh, by performance or by injury. Um, it is usually one or the other um, with Mostert. So, yeah, but I got to give Eli credit. It's not like a fake two-and-one. It's a second or third most points in the league, three-and-one at this point. So, this team has been good. I'm a little skeptical of it continuing. Um, I, I would still say, like, his brother, Noah, uh, other Noah, I, I would still take his team over over the Skunks right now. I mean, Trejo, if, if Bijan um, regresses, he just made a move for Stefan Diggs as well. Like, God, like how his team is kind of shaping up and if Ramondre Stevenson can ever get on track. But, but yeah, I think that's kind of contenders. Real quick, any uh, any of the others, that you want to make fun of, prop up, anything like that before we jump out of here? Uh, I am a firm believer that the Rainbow City Raccoons are are leading themselves to disaster with their recent trade moves. Uh, I do I do think that they are not set up to do well, and they should reconsider trading Kyle Pitts. <laughs> to who? To anybody, any any suitors. I thought. I mean, you're a suitor. I just figured it was you specifically. Uh, yeah, it is me. It is, in fact, the Overland Park priests who are inquiring about Clark. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're OPP. We're we're not. We're not saying. <laughs> Look, the double P's. It could be inferred as a lot of things. <laughs> All right, my my parting shot as we get out of here is Rowdy. Please, if you're watching, if you listen later, anything. If anybody who talks to Rowdy in our league is listening, send this message along to him. I checked with him on Jonathan Taylor earlier today, and I haven't heard back, and I would just really like it if 0-3 frauds, like literally that's his team name, frauds, I'm not calling him a fraud, um, if the 0-3 frauds would sell Jonathan Taylor. That's all I have to say about that. All right, Dalton. Thank you to everybody who stuck around and indulged us in that. We're going to have a little, little five-minute segment to top off the show um, during the regular season, maybe a couple in the offseason. We'll see. But thank you again, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with what I'm sure will be, again, a totally normal 